cool. Um, I, I don't really think I need to like formally intro this podcast. You guys know what you clicked on. Uh, we got Trevor Gage in here. Is that, that, is that your last name? Your no, name? that's my middle name. Middle name. Ah, people do that to me too because my at is Dylan McCartney. So they always they always think my last name's McCartney. Your last name is Fulbright. That's right. Yep. And then Shimmy, your last name's Hacker, isn't it? That's right. Okay. Shimmy, I I I uh I've seen you on the RP channel and then like uh I uh saw like we've had conversations back and forth, but like I feel like we've never actually had a conversation before. We haven't. Yeah. We haven't. The world will never be the same after know, this really. conversation. Shimmy, what do you do? Trevor, by the way, Trevor, by the way, does anyone ever tell you with your handle as Trevor Gage, do you get Johnny Cage references or no? That, you are the first person. So I'm going to be honest with you. Ever since I saw your Instagram for the first time, the first thing that I think of always is Johnny Cage because it sounds like Trevor Gage. That's actually awesome. I'm okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. So Dylan, what do I do? So yeah. I, mean, I was in the fitness space for like most of my working career. I don't actively take on in-person clients anymore. Um, I do take on online clients, but I don't really push that um, on my social media. Like if it happens, it happens. Okay. But um, really, I'm just a guy that just like loves putting out awesome content and like obsessed with training. Yeah. Um, and then I run a few other businesses or I'm involved in a few other businesses that have nothing to do with fitness. Oh, so that's where I'm at now. Yeah. Do you mind disclosing any of those? I'm curious. No, I don't mind at all. So I'm a uh, managing partner in an e-commerce outdoor furniture company called Harbor Classic. So we specialize in uh, luxury outdoor furniture. I know, super random. I know, like super random. Um, so you can you can look that up. Yeah. And then I'm from London originally, and my family has a uh, real estate portfolio in London that I uh, I help magic also i travel back and forth so i haven't linked up with steve yet but it's going to happen yeah. mark my words everybody who's watching this now we will it will happen yeah. um he's been put on notice it will happen yeah yeah um and these are kind of the main things that i do and then i started as you know like recently actively putting out fitness content um probably a little under a year ago always wanted to do it and never took the plunge and yeah. now i do and uh, just try to provide value on the internet without kind of like really asking for much in return. Right. I think too many people, they put out content and they're immediately like, hire me for coaching, hire me for consult. And it's like, how about you just help people? How about, how about that? Yeah, yeah. Because you're, you're going to train anyway. You know what I mean? You're going to think about the stuff anyway. So might as well just put it out there. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, I agree. I think, I mean, Trevor and I are both in the same boat as well as far as like the value you're providing. I think asking is... I mean, it, why do you why do you do this in the first place? I think obviously there has to be like a monetary like exchange at some point because you have to make money. Uh, you don't necessarily rely on it per se, um, but yeah. also too like we I think we all generally the vibe I get at least and the gist is like we all generally just enjoy helping people on this stuff. I think for myself it was like I struggle with a lot of this stuff and I I didn't have that resource when I was coming up and I, I just think like what how awesome would it be to have had someone who could like, you know, I don't know, give me some of the tips and things and I wouldn't waste as much time. I think that's something I always think about when I'm like producing content. Oh, 
totally that time saving is definitely a thing but also if you think about it if not you then who we've all complained that we see fuck shit in the gym 24 7 and we get horrible questions and it's like listen we can't slay every dragon but like we can sure slay some and everybody's voice appeals to different people trevor's voice and the way he writes and communicates appeals to some me i'm a little bit more eccentric and maybe a little bit more like comical and lighthearted. that might appeal to some you being like super jacked with amazing technique and have an amazing uh, jazz voice that appeals to some, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. and everybody's different. So it's like, let's say if I have, I don't know, a thousand people that listen to me and 5,000 people that listen to you and 2000 people that listen to Trevor. It's like, Oh my God, now we just help 7,000 people with yeah. shit that we were already going to do anyway. Like 100%. let's be, let's be real. None of this stuff really, like we all go to the gym anyway. Oh, and now we're just going to make one informational post on our drive home. Like, wow. So hard. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. No, honestly, like setting up the camera and I think people think like you have to get used to it, but like, I think people okay. think it takes so much effort to at least film and i i'm like well i'm gonna rest in between my sets anyway i might as well just push the record button like i don't know i mean 100%. again it, sometimes it is it can be burdensome but i i, I feel you on that 100 percent. and i think a lot of us have been frustrated I, I remember when i started personal training i would just overhear those conversations from the trainers and i'm like what the oh hell? god I, I, it was I, so bad yeah so i was like if i could be that one person who like stops a few people from doing dumb bosu ball squats off of a box that's like you know five feet in the air then you know so be it i guess for sure and i can tell you it's something that trevor and i also speak about a fair bit off air we're like we'll i'll send him or he'll send me stuff mostly it's me sending him because he has better things to do with his time like <laughs> hey uh like a clip would be like oh my god look at this horrendousness or look at how bad this is and like the very common answer you could get is like okay but what are you doing about it are, yeah. like are you putting out better are you helping like are you putting out content or are you just sitting there being mad because like yeah, that yeah. doesn't help anyone you know yeah, yeah contribute to the change you want to see that's right that's right yeah definitely i see a lot of people be frustrated even with like evidence-based stuff. And i'm like well like what's your counter to that you know what i mean can you provide better content or something like that it's a lot of like complaining about it but not actually you know uh, making action towards what you sure. want to see. by the way if you can hear that that's all gym sounds i'm in a studio that's all gym sounds that i have playing to make me sound more qualified i'm not oh, actually yeah. in a gym those are just sounds you know, I have a, I have spiders to intimidate people actually in the back. So that's exactly love that. There. No, that. Wait, are those actually real spiders? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I don't know where they are right now. They're hiding in their enclosures. But yeah, I love that. They might come out. Sometimes they like climb on the walls. The bigger ones are in these two. I love that. Yeah, yeah he's got them for when Jared awesome. finally comes over. Yeah, right. Great. I don't, he, I don't think he ever will, knowing that they're in my house. <laughs> No, God, no. I mean, if he, if he was planning on coming before, he ain't he ain't coming yeah. now. We've already we've already made him aware that they're here. I have to bring one in a box yeah. to Vegas with me. Yeah, yeah, you totally should. So, um, I guess the the topic of the podcast was volume. I was I was talking to Trevor before this, and I was asking him what he thinks that people uh, might generally struggle with or always have a lot of questions about. And he chose uh, volume. What was the, the specific uh, part of, of volume or, or like what, what were you saying that you find that people struggle with a lot? Uh, particularly uh, the idea of, you know, people like Mike Isertel brought the whole volume landmarks thing to the table. Yeah. And it became a thing where everyone became so focused on, oh, I have to hit an MRV. I have to do as much as possible. And having too big of a focus on adding sets uh not 
auto-regulated, but proactively adding sets. So they're planning on every week, I'm going to add two, three, four sets when maybe that's not the best case. So uh, can you expand on that? I mean, like, I think from my perspective or, or, or maybe their perspective, they're thinking, oh, uh, there's a certain amount of volume that I have to hit per week and I'm going to just progress up to that. Um, or, or like, what is, what are some of the common mistakes you see with that? Yeah. Uh, so if you look at, you know, there's averages that, you know, like RP puts out of, you know, say 15 to 20 sets per week for whatever given muscle group. And so people have this assumption that, okay, well, I have to start at 15 and I have to add sets until I get to 20 or 22 or 24 sets every week. That's what I have to do. And instead of understanding that these are just averages and everyone is individual and we have to find where we as individuals fall within these ranges. Some people are going to be, you know, five sets a week and there's going to be other people that are 20 sets a week. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about discovering those volume ranges and Shimmy, if you have anything to add uh, after that on, you know, how you've, uh, maneuvered this um, because I'm assuming that at some point in your you know fitness bodybuilding journey you've had to as well. I get this question a lot too, by the way. Yeah. So uh, we can use what uh, Mike and James kind of uh, termed the ghetto MAV markers. So you can start a mesocycle at where you are just getting a pump. You know, you're starting an average of three reps in reserve. And you do however many sets it takes you to start to get a pump and you judge your stimulus proxies. So pump during the workout, disruption, disruption during a workout. And then you can soreness and fatigue following the workout in the following days before your next session. And what a lot of people do is they'll say, OK, I'm going to start and I'm going to do three sets in uh, session one and three sets in session two. And that's week one. And now week two, I'm going to do four and four. And week three, I'm going to do five and five. And they just automatically say, I'm just going to add a set every single time. Instead of allowing auto-regulation to guide volume increases. And that's where I think a lot of people are getting uh, kind of mixed up in this. Is we don't add volume. We don't add sets proactively. We add it auto-regulated based on auto-regulation. So how were the stimulus proxies? How was your pump? How was your soreness after the workout? How was the fatigue after the workout? The disruption from the, the session itself. If you do a session, if you do chest on Monday and going in, you know, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, you know, you're getting ready to go to your second chest session and you're just barely recovered or even still sore. Why are you adding another set or two the next week on Monday? You don't need to. Your stimulus was there. You had plenty of stimulus. In fact, you either just barely or didn't even recover on time. So instead of adding sets to week two, you can just maintain the set volume. You can progress your load. You can progress your reps. You can progress your RAR. And that's where we're getting our progression from. But we don't need to drive a higher stimulus yeah. because our stimulus proxies aren't showing that. Jimmy, anything you want to add to that? 
Yeah, um, I'm, I agree with everything that he said. If you're coming from the vantage point of a coach-client relationship who already has the foresight and have the knowledge, but as you both who coach people and myself, who I guess I do as well, sometimes I don't trust someone's auto-regulatory response. And sometimes having the blueprint just in the beginning might actually make sense. Whereas like all of the indicators that you need are fine, but sometimes people just don't know themselves. So I think for the most part, Trevor, you're completely right. But I think that there's definitely a, a case or a small instance where having just a blueprint to fall back on and, and know yourself and learn like what is good or what isn't good and kind of experiencing the what's not good part to then know what is good might make some sense. This is if you're freestyling. If you already have a coach, then obviously the coach should have some foresight to be able to handle this in the way that you're talking about. Yeah. And, and, and how do you practically apply that, uh, generally speaking? Like, what are some things that you um, may look out for or um, if you were applying that to a client, maybe looking for, for that client? For me personally? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all of the things that Trevor mentioned are all of the things that I, both with myself and with other people that I work with or worked with as well. All yeah. of those that he named are the exact things that I look for too. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, for myself, when I first, uh, I mean, when did I venture out? Right before this prep, so um, probably early this year, I, I started doing coaching myself. And um, I think my first, like, my idea was that I had these volume ranges that I worked through with, uh, I worked with Jared prior, and that I had to hit those volumes. And the thing about these volumes is that they're not set targets right? Like your, your, your volume landmarks change based on your phase, based on training age, based on potentially the types of lifts you have in the program. I mean, there's, there's lots of variables that can influence that. So I found myself trying to hit these volume ceilings by just adding sets based on uh, what I was, what I had hit in the past. Now that's semi-effective because it's generally within the similar range, like it doesn't make crazy jumps, um, meso to meso, you know, it's more of over time, uh, it generally will trend in one direction. Um, and it's not like going to be this drastic change, I guess. But I also started finding that, again, I wasn't really paying close attention to these proxies because I was used to being coached, um, where it was just like, they could actually look at my performance, they could listen to my feedback and then just do that for me. Um, so that was something that was difficult for me to maneuver initially. Um, and, and building that intuition in my training, or at least being paying attention and being aware. I think when you have a workout to do, um, and maybe you're not as aware of these, you just like you, you do your workout and then you go home. Right. And so I might, I, if I get a pump, I get a pump. If I don't, I don't. Um, so that was something that was, was, was difficult for myself even, um, earlier this year. I don't know if either of you have seen stuff like that or have had to communicate that to clients. hundred percent. Yeah. That, that's something I get a lot with clients early on. Um, so I always have my clients track, you know, just subjectively, obviously it's all subjective, yeah. how they feel their pump was during the workout, how they feel fatigue wise after the workout. And I want them to note down what muscles are sore and rate how sore they are every single day, yeah. regardless of if that mu muscles trained again. Because that gets them thinking about how is this muscle recovering over time? Yeah, yeah, they're they're becoming more aware of of those things. Jimmy, do you any, do anything like that with your clients? Um, 
I mean, I ask them for feedback on a consistent basis, but I definitely don't ask them to rate soreness of every single muscle group every single day. Um, I could see logic in that. I, I just happen to not do that. I basically ask them if, if the target muscle group that we're going to train, is it sore? How sore is it? Right. One, two, yeah. 10. And then sort of adjust from there. Um, but I do find on the topic of this conversation on a larger level, like volume chasing was definitely a thing. I did it, Trevor. I'm sure you oh, did, did it as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, we all have that. If I would look back at previous logbooks, I, I mean, I would laugh at myself at like 25 sets of back in a week. Yeah. Or sets of quads. God, and just, just do it. You know what I mean? Like just do it to do it, right? Like four or five top sets, then down sets, then other another movement on top of that. And another thing is also like, you know, time, time spent doing this cannot be understated. You know, like Trevor, you do this. This is what you do. Dylan as well. Like you're a gym owner. I'm not mistaken, but like, this is what you do for me. Like I'm involved in my own business so I can kind of make my own schedule, like to volume chase and do that. Like who has time for that? Like ain't nobody got time for that, but like, really ain't nobody got time for that. Like 20 sets in a week, 25 sets in a week. I mean, I think most times when people end up chasing the volume, their quality of movement just goes in the crapper. Yeah. And I think it's like a spectrum, right? Like when Mike and all that stuff came out, it was interpreted as everyone needs to do 10 to 20 sets per week, gunshot, boom. Yeah, you, yeah. And the JP, the JP crowd quickly came and the Mensa crowd on the other hand, it was like one hard set or one top set, one down set. And I think now we're sort of skirting to the mean where like to put numbers to this, I think most people, it's anywhere from like, I don't know, eight to 15 sets a week. Trevor, is that kind of what you're seeing for most people? That's kind of average, average, yeah. Yeah, yeah for yeah, most Really people. the outliers I see, they're outside of that, but yeah. Sure, and, and there's a lot more of an emphasis on like quality of movement and progressing the loads, but not doing that at the expense of chasing the volume. So it's like, yeah. did you do three sets? Okay, cool. But like, are you progressing in that movement? Are you getting sore? okay, great. There's no reason to go to five or six or eight. Like I know that there was an RP recommendation of interest set uh, maximums as three to eight sets in a session for one movement. I don't know about you guys. I ain't never done eight sets of anything. And it was, and it, and it was a good idea. Let me put it that way. Yeah. It was, yeah. You know, like for me, I found five, five sets is really like the max, either physically or mentally. Like after my fifth set of something, I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm not in it anymore. Yeah. Like, I, I need to do a different movement. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. I get so like disinterested with the movement. For sure, it's like it's a great movement for myself. Hundred percent, dude. I'm totally with you. It's not even like, oh, I'm not feeling it anymore. It's like, yeah, but fifth set of this versus fresh set of something new. There's no reason to do this fifth set as compared to that option. Yeah, yeah. for me. And and having the trade off of a different lift and whatnot. Hundred percent. It's interesting. You get those like kind of camps where where like the JP crowd branched off. Well, while I don't think that that was like the worst thing that could have happened because I still think it was a step in the right direction as far as like people objectively tracking their lifts and, and whatnot. Uh, it's interesting how people kind of, you know, join those camps. And then, uh, obviously often the truth is like lies in the middle. Like don't do the sure. most volume you can survive, but don't do the least amount of volume that you can make ridiculous progressions week to week or push or bury yourself into the ground every session. Yeah. Hundred percent. See if there's anything that you want to add on that topic before we get into questions. Uh, one thing uh, with uh, Shimmy bringing up like the JP crowd and whatnot, um, and just kind of the past of volume chasing is 
there was a like, the way things were interpreted a lot of times early on and when Mike and them came out with the volume landmarks were your only form of progression was to add volume. That was, that was the progression. As in adding sets. Just As sets. in adding sets. Correct. Yeah. Sure. And I think a lot of people have do do that, have done that where they're not looking to add load or add rep every single week. Instead they're okay. I did, you know, three sets this week. I do five sets next week, seven sets the week after, so on and so forth. And I think the that kind of high intensity, low volume crowd, uh, their pushback, while maybe not entirely founded, was a good thing because it kept people honest about like, oh yeah, I do actually need to try to get stronger over time. I, you know, if I'm doing 225 for three sets of 10 now and i'm doing that same 225 but for five sets of 10 six months from now how much progress did we actually make probably not a lot do you think yeah. that, do you think that like it seems like i mean you're probably have been in the fitness space maybe a little bit longer in the evidence space the fitness space than longer than myself um, when I came into everything, I just saw a lot of people, uh, it was more like bodybuilders per se, uh, where they potentially would do different workouts. Um, I think they, they on average maybe got stronger week to week, but like without tracking, they would just try to throw as much weight on the bar and then do, you know, as many reps as they could. And over time, maybe they were able to make some progressions. Um, I'm not sure if any of them, like, like, for example, like I used to use, I would, I would just literally watch like bodybuilding workout videos and I would use static volumes or probably random amounts of volumes for a while, you know? And I mean, I obviously wasn't genetically gifted. So none of this stuff worked for me, but, um, could you speak to that a little bit? I mean, maybe someone who, who like is introduced to this, who has never like, they, they just watch bodybuilders and they think, Oh, like. I just do different workouts and I chase a pump and all of that stuff. Like uh, in contrast to what we're talking about, as far as like even finding your volume landmarks and understanding that, I mean, is that something that you've seen is like, that oh, type of, if that yeah, is. I mean that it's, it's the same thing that it, it's exactly the same now, except instead of bodybuilding magazines and bodybuilding.com, it's fitfluencer Instagram accounts. And now it's bodybuilding social media and bodybuilding bicep workout. Exactly. It's, you know, try this workout in your next, you know, arm day or whatever. And yeah. It, yeah. So if you're someone brand new coming into this, that's going to work, but it's going to work because anything's going to work. Yeah. Just lifting weights. Is gonna yeah, work. exactly. You, it doesn't matter what you do at the start, but eventually things are going to stop working and you do have to get, you know, somewhat precise because we, we've all seen that guy that he's in the gym every day and we've seen him for five years He's lifting the exact same weights. He looks the exact same because all he does is he goes in and he does what he feels like that day or does yeah. the workout he found that day. And he picks a weight that feels like this is about right. And there's no, there's no tracking. There's no progression. There's no thought to it. And like, look, if you're, if you're doing this cause you just enjoy going to the gym and want to, you know, live a good life, feel kind of strong, look better than, like, let's be honest, like 80% of the population, sure, whatever, knock yourself out. 
But if you are actually going to say, I want to take this seriously, you can't be doing that. Yeah. You're leaving so much on the table. 100%. 100%. If you're already doing all of the things, spending all of the money on supplements, maybe already tracking your food, you know, walking around sore 99% of the time, like you clearly care or act like it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you clearly already do this. But, yeah. but I think for some people, you have to learn to potentially humble yourself a little bit. I think a lot of the time, some of these people persist to training in this in this way is because they maybe they think they have it figured out. Uh, maybe the style of training uh, feeds their ego or they don't want to be wrong. So they don't. Dude, we, we were all that person. Yeah. I don't know about yeah. you guys. I was I was that person when I was 22. I was like, I have it figured out. I'm smarter than all of you. And I know yeah. it. You're oh, not going to convince me otherwise. When I was 24, I was like, I'm even smarter than I was now when I was 22. And you're not going <laughs> to tell me otherwise. And um, yeah, 100%. It's really hard when even, especially with these people like you, Dylan, who have really, really good genetics and a lot of things already work. It's so hard to be like, is there a better way? Like, yeah, this is working, but like, could their way be better? Yeah. Oh my, no, you know, that's, that's really hard. <laughs> it's a really hard thing to do. Well, I will say I, I, I did struggle for a while. I mean, there was times where I was taking PEDs and I probably looked like I was natural uh, because I just some of the practices I did were, were so outdated. And, and some of the things that I was told that were, were going to be effective weren't effective. I will say that what happened for me was I got to a point where I was like, what's, what's the, the way I want to word this? I was so... Um, I, I want results more than anything. I want to be a better bodybuilder. So I, I, I don't like uh, attaching myself to any ideal potentially prevents me from doing so because things just constantly change. And if I'm doing this over here and this over here may be better, then I'm going to go do this over here. Like I, I don't see any point in wasting any, especially after all the money I've invested in the trade-offs I made in health, there's no point for me to stay attached to anything that may be incorrect or may not serve me the best as becoming a better bodybuilder. And so that's when I saw an evidence-based approach was like, look, I can actually refine this process and get down to objective like progressions and, and, and the nitty gritty of like what's actually causing muscle growth. And I saw that as if I'm doing anything else, I'm, I'm wasting my time and energy. Um, so, so it doesn't serve me to serve my ego, I guess. That makes any sense. I think that's a very unique point of view, and it's obviously amazing and thought out and very mature. And I think most people don't have your point of view, but they should. Yeah, I hundred percent. Most people aren't going to have your. Yeah. I, I I know way too many bodybuilders who sure. they just if it's not working, they just throw more training at it or throw more drugs at drugs. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know it's it's unfortunate. I mean, I guess that's why I do what I do, but. Yeah, it's just like, it's just like, especially if you're a professional, like, what the heck are you doing? Do, I, I couldn't imagine like risking my career or finances on doing what I think is like, what, what makes me feel good, I guess. Right. For sure. You're I a minority. Man. Questions. I don't know if we're going to get through all of them. Uh, it's pretty funny, actually. You know, David, David Martin's interviewed all of us at, at some point, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> This guy, I think, was was uh, was drinking a little bit at the club last night and has videos of him yelling over club music, asking us questions. <laughs> so I'm going to have to share those. 
Uh, <laughs> well, let's get into a few here. Uh, let's see if I can get any that are scrolling. I'll just start with the first one. Um, Max, how do you say his last name? Strasny? I think his last name is Strasny. Yeah, Strasny. Uh, low volume, low RAR versus high volume, higher RAR. Is one better than the other or same? I feel like we kind of just like talked for 30 minutes about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I I can have in, a direct in, in example. The in in the it, middle. It's gonna be in the middle for most people. And there's you have to again find where you fall. So my training partner is like the exact opposite of me. He will do he'll start a mesocycle with one set per session and get ridiculous pumps ridiculously sore he barely recovers on time he progresses every week i'm jealous like two uh, right i know i i get so mad at him you know okay. we're doing hack squats and he's like it's the last week i'm doing like four sets and then lunges after and he does two sets of hacks and he can't walk for a week you know so it's like if you looked at both of us you know if you looked at what he said was doing you might say oh well clearly low volume is better well, and if you looked at me, you might say, well, clearly high volume is better. Yeah. No, we, we've found what we individually need. And there's going to be so many people in between. They're going to fall from that, you know, one set to eight sets that they need in a session. Yeah. It's funny because that's what people do is they pick individuals like Dory needs it this much. And then that's, they base their whole, um, training philosophy around that person and their amount of volume that they do not yeah not understanding that they are an because we're all doing needs. yeah well i'll yeah. tell you also and and i'm sure that you guys do this as coaches and i think that max is an online coach as well yeah um so i think a great thing there is just to start on the lowest end of that spectrum uh, yeah, yeah. And gradually build up and start literally at the minimum because people love progress and like, if you're already starting out where they're seeing every week, they're adding a set and stuff is getting harder. Like who cares if that first mesocycle is, let's say an eight week progression pre deload because you were just like waiting them in. Yeah. Who cares? Right. Especially in that first week or two, if the volume is so low, it's so easy for you to fix their technique on things. Whereas like if they're doing sets on sets on sets and stuff, you're like, oh, you know, we're really going to have to go in here and like yeah. look at everything where if it's just one or two sets per body part, five reps in reserve. Okay, teaching effort is not the biggest deal, you know, but teaching like, oh, put your elbow in here, pause this movement, or you know what I mean? Put your knee out here, like after they've already been doing eight sets of something. Yeah. Correctly. Yeah, and exactly. That makes sense. That brings up a good point. Um, is until you have the technique down, you don't have a lot of business even bothering to add sets. This is huge what you just said, thousand percent. Yeah, that's a, that's a hard thing is like I'm trying to get a client to send over all it, sometimes it's like pulling teeth trying to get the, the technique videos over. Yes. But I'm like, I don't want to make any adjustments until I see what this looks like. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, you tell me that you did, you know, three sets of hack squats and didn't get a, you know, pump in your quads. Yeah. If I can't see how you did those hack squats, I'm, I'm sitting here kind of flying blind. Right. You know, maybe you're, you know, your feet are at the top of the platform, you're dive bombing them, bouncing off the stopper. Well, yeah, no wonder you didn't get any submissions in your box. I mean, how many times when you guys are doing your Q&As on Instagram, uh, do people say that kind of stuff to you? And your response is like, don't know. You need to I see must, a video. Yeah, I need yeah. to see like, a technique first. Oh, you see a video. Right. Right, exactly. You'd be like, man, my hack squat's not working. I'm not getting sore. And you're like, okay, cool. Send me a video. Yeah. 
Yeah, oh, what else, what else? Of Pearl, you're like, oh yeah, that's that's your problem. You know, what other responsible answer could you give right. other than that? Like, I'm gonna just shot out of the dark, give you tips. What is this? Like muscle and fitness? Just like, oh, here's my Jim Stepani corner. Trevor might get <laughs> it's gonna shout there. out ridiculous. Oh god, I've heard that name like forever. 50 sets. Do 50 sets. Dude, do you guys ever watch Eastbound? Do you guys ever watch Eastbound and Down? I promise this is relevant. I probably I've seen it before. I, I I don't think I've actually. I've seen like, clips on YouTube. Yeah. So so there's a clip where Danny McBride, he was a professional baseball player, was, and he's talking to somebody, and the guy's like, "Oh, I play," uh, or he's like, "I go to the gym or something." He's like, "What do you do?" And he's like, "Oh, I play professional sport. I'm not just trying to be good at random exercises." And I was like, "That that reminds me so much of like when someone's chasing volume for like no reason. Like, I'm not trying to be good at exercising. Like I'm trying oh. to just do." what i came to do you need to you need to clip that and make it yeah yeah i will i saw it this morning he's found down's amazing you guys yeah. need to watch it. i need so to watch fun. it yeah but and he's like so angry with it he's like yeah i'm a professional baseball player not trying to be good at exercising it's great uh, max also asks how much can you expect mrv to increase while prioritizing something uh, he said leg priority. Trevor, I feel like this is also an answer that's like kind of hard to give a gunshot response. It really is. Like I'm going to, I can give one. I can say if I'm prioritizing this and putting other things in the back burner, maybe a base case would be a 15 to 20% increase in total volume, but like for, for that body part. So yeah. if like my MRV is 16 sets, then maybe if I'm prioritizing, maybe I can go to 20, but like, that's so dependent on what exercises I choose. Yeah. You know, like how I'm structured, if I'm dieting or if I'm massing, how long I've been prioritizing, what's my training age, like frequency. Yeah. I mean, because that you could literally you could ask that question and you could say, okay, well, if you're doing, you know, leg extensions and leg press for, you know, all of your quad volume, you know, maybe it does go up 20%. But maybe yeah. instead of that, because you take fatigue down elsewhere, you put in you know, pause high bar squats and pendulum squats, you know, two much more fatiguing exercises yeah. that also have a higher stimulus. So at the end of the day, just use your proxies and you'll end up. Basically. Yeah. Faster. Dude, by the way, what you just said is huge going into what we were saying before about the 10 to 20 set recommendation for body part. Like if someone says, how many sets do I do for body part or say I can recover from 20 sets, you'd be like, well, what's your exercise selection, right? Because yeah. if they're doing a lot of hinging yeah. for hamstring and it's mostly hinging, dude, most people are not even doing 10 sets a week of total hamstring work. But if someone says, oh, my lower back is like on the crap or I'm only doing leg curls, you might do 15 sets of hamstrings yeah. if you're humongous. And like that's very feasible. Yeah, totally. There's a huge, huge component. Exercise selection makes up a huge component. And you know, and so if you don't, if you, you can't give just a base recommendation when someone just asks the body part because, yeah. you know, leg extension and a leg press or a squat are not going to be the same. Leg oh, no, and then no, exercise. Like, how long have you had that exercise in your program? Um, can, can, can influence it too. You know, if you've been Huge. doing it for, for five, six mesocycles, it may take you more sets to um, get the same level of stimulus, which yeah. is also another thing. Um, mm -hmm. A good, a good uh, question to kind of piggyback off that. How to assess and allocate volume uh, to lag beaten muscle groups? <clears throat> Trevor, should I take this one first, or you want to go first? You go ahead, man. Okay, so first, I would say as as like a gunshot answer, 
train them first in in the program or in the day um with smaller body parts this actually is like the easiest thing ever um and i know that this actually has become more popular recently i've been seeing a lot of people do this more like if lateral delts is your jam like doing laterals before squats or calves or abs or rear delts or whatever the case um training those things first is the first thing that i would say if you have a lagging body part when you're freshest that's the first thing i would say oh yeah i 100 agree if if something is really lagging you know well if you're training it at the end of a session after you've done 12 sets for other body parts and that's the only time you train it yeah, it's, yeah i can see why it's probably lagging a mm -hmm. case for specialization like when would that maybe be an appropriate thing i i don't know why that's what i thought of when i read this but um is specialization, is specialization appropriate for a lot of people and when would you maybe even consider removing some volume from other body parts to reallocate towards um lagging muscle groups i personally don't think it's appropriate for majority of people i've never specialized in my life i've been training for 12 years i've never done it once i agree with shimmy i think that 90% of people probably don't ever need to specialize. I think the people that do are advanced bodybuilders that are on stage and being told by a judge, hey, this is holding you back from doing better. Yeah. Or people or people that have already been training for 10 years and actually have really good technique on everything and they really want to bring something up, then it's fine. Yeah. But like, that's so few and far in between. Most yeah. people, when they say they want to specialize, they could be better off to just fix their technique. Yeah. yeah. Or just get bigger everywhere. You know, how many how many times have you been asked by a guy, you know, my chest is lagging. How do I get bigger? And they've been training for a year and a half. For sure. Selfish. Chest isn't lagging. You just haven't trained long and you haven't gained enough weight. Train for five, ten more years, and yeah. ask the question again. And and like looking at like technique and exercise execution. Someone has a lagging body part a lot of time. If you just look at their technique or 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 um, you know a few other maybe simple variables in their their program, a lot of those times those things are lagging uh, themselves. So if you just you know make some tweaks there, a lot of the time they they do grow. Yeah, I actually get those yeah. first, I guess. I mean, uh, kind of a similar note to that. And Dylan, I'm I'm curious if you've ran across this before. Uh, I have had a handful of people ask me to uh, help them with leg training. And I had one guy in particular that was always complaining about his squats were small. He wanted to get his squats bigger. You know, they were lagging. I took him through a single set of leg press. And he said, this hurts too much. I can't do it. And so yeah. yeah. Have you ever had that? Dylan? I, uh, something similar. I had a, a, a guy who probably some insane genetics for natural um like look looked like a uh like he was enhanced basically and um i took him through two sets of full range leg press two sets of smith squats and two sets of hamstring curls and i'm talking to him after the workout i'm like i'm like oh like how'd you like it and he's like uh and then he says hold on and he just pukes in the trash can next to him like just starts hurling so much I'd never seen that before in my life. And I was like, oh. that's amazing. Yeah. 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 So I haven't had, I haven't made anyone puke. Not that we're now just sharing like stories to just be competitive, but I guess we are. Um, I've never had anyone puke, but
but I've had, I think, something better. I've had multiple instances where I've taken someone through an evidence-based hard full range of motion leg workout, and the resounding response was, this makes sense. This makes more sense than anything else I've ever done. Yes, it was very hard, but after doing this, I don't see how I could go back to doing it any other way. And that, to me, was huge. Like, they were like, they were like red pill, blue pill, everyone took the blue pill. Like, you know what I mean? It's like once you take a leg press to full depth and a, like a moderate rep range close to failure, um, I don't know. It's like seeing a lady boy in Thailand for the first time. You can't unsee it. You can't undo it. You know what I mean? Like you, if you're like really want to be good, like you can't bury a squat, high bar, pause, close to failure, then half squat again and be like, yeah this feels good. Like don't lie to yourself. Yeah. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest. Like, I think I, I could probably do this more, but I'm sometimes intimidated to, I almost, feel, I'm almost worried. And I know this is somewhat irrational, but I'm almost worried. I show someone this and they're not receptive. And like, I guess that's just like a deeper, like insecurity. I think at this point, like I, I know, I know what I'm doing to some extent, but like mm-hmm. I, my biggest fear is like, I mean, I trained with uh, an IFBB pro not that long ago. And he was pretty trashed after our workout. I, I hope he took something away from it. We trained a couple times together, but uh, yeah, I'm, I almost have this like worry that like I don't know that it won't work. It's, it's probably not super rational, but is that is that your worry that like it won't work? That you're like shit. Is there I, are I they gonna know. really I, like their no, way better? Not that they not that it won't work. It's just like I guess I just I don't know if it's like maybe like uh, it's on a deeper level. Like I just think that like every like. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Maybe just they won't be receptive to it. I guess, and that's like always like, should I even invest the time? But obviously, after watching like all of the RP videos, I mean, Mike has even said some people aren't receptive and they're kind of like hard headed to it too. You know? Yeah, I mean, a lot, I mean, like I said, I had a guy do stop with one set, and he's like, I can't do this. Down. Yeah, yeah. At least at that point, you're like, okay, well, they're not like even they're just straight up being honest with you. Like, I just don't. This is not my. Yeah, you know, I mean, I appreciate the honesty. Yeah. Right. Um. I, Cause I've always thought about that. Like, what if I just did a thing, a thing on my, my Instagram, like, Hey, anybody who just wants to come and meet me for a leg session and whatever, and go through one, you know, I, well, I, after I, this I, drops, you're going to get people messaging you. No. So, so Dylan, I think that you should definitely do it because you don't know what happens when you push down the first domino, where the other ones fall. You don't know who follows them. You don't know who else is oh, going yeah, to see it. You know what I mean? And if you impact one that may impact the many, of um maybe an audience that you don't have right so yeah. i would guess i've not spoken to them about it but i would guess that the reason why mike and them train anyone of any kind it w- with those videos is so therefore there's different audiences that sort of come in the web and see the stuff that they're doing that they may not have seen yeah yeah definitely That's so you don't point. know who who it's going to affect right. so i mean i would definitely do it if yeah. i was you Fair enough. All right. Well, I guess next week I'm putting up a post about <laughs> getting people to work out with me. I mean, dude, if I'm ever in Arizona, we're, we're getting after it for sure. Oh, hell yeah. 100%. I've been trying to get Trevor to come down for about a year. It hasn't happened. Sure. I don't well, care. You could come to Oklahoma. I mean, if there's anything out here. No one's coming to Oklahoma. Until Joe Exotic <laughs> comes out of jail, I'm not coming to Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's it. God, Joe Exotic. <laughs> He's the best. Goat. He's a goat. <laughs> oh man, I, I'll tell you when that 
that documentary came out, I had so many people messaging me like, "Is that really what it's like in Oklahoma?" And like, honestly, <laughs> yeah, old. pretty much. Yeah, I was gonna say, and you're and you had to like sadly be like, "Yes, it is like that." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah unfortunately, how sad is that for your state that like Joe Hoax Exotic is the one that put you guys on the map? Like, out of yeah. all people, yeah, it, it's. Uh, I'll talk to you after we're done. I'll talk to you about uh, meeting him in person. Oh, you yeah. met him? Yeah. Wow. Must have been so inspiring. It was something to talk. You're in Florida, aren't you? I'm in Florida, yeah. There's a lot of people who put your state on the map. <laughs> Dude, we have Florida, man. Florida's great, man. I love me. Yeah, yeah, no, Florida's I know. great. I love living here. It's just known for like the, the crazies for sure. Florida, man. Like every time yeah. you see like someone wrestling a crocodile, uh, it's it's florida or or anything just way out there yeah yeah it's great we have we have everything here and the we, the way we joke about it in florida is like yes florida is one state but it's like south florida should be its own state and then the rest of florida could be its thing so yeah. i mean like i don't know if you guys know cities but you know maybe from west palm beach south could be its own state and then anything else could be its own like orlando tampa sarasota fort myers naples all of that could be like its own thing because it's so different is it south that's the the crazies I don't yeah know. well it, it, d- define crazy okay crazy can it's very different in, in different ways if you come south it's like the clubs the bars like okay. the dolce gabanas the celine the louis vuitton the, the bugattis like that kind of life and then when you go more north it's like oh this alligator just walked into the supermarket that's cool (laughs) oh okay okay i got it that's never happened in florida geography yeah Mm -hmm. let's see should we get one of david's uh let's see we have so many more (laughs) questions Maybe we should do another one where we actually give value instead of just bullshitting. I feel like if you've ever <laughs> yeah. seen like the real body one podcast, is exactly what happens. Yeah, that's kind of what I was just end up talking the whole time. That's right. I don't even know if this is going to come out on your end because of all the club noises. I can't hear it. Me neither. Hold on. No question yet. You hear that? Would you say it's valuable to train in rep ranges outside of the best SMR for you? Is there any other Alright, I heard it. Yeah, I heard it. For example, Hampshire Curls, I get a great SMR 10 to 15. Is it even worth training in like 8 to 12 or not? You get that? I got it. I got most of it. I got it. Did did he say? Is there value in training in rep ranges outside of the best SFR for you? That was that the question. Yep. Okay. Cool. No. Agreed. (laughs) Next question. Fair enough. (laughs) Let's see. Um. Also, David, get out of the club. You need to go to sleep. You're ruining your game. He sent like eight of these. Nine. Um. Jimmy says, LOL, I want to crash. Well, you got your wish, Jimmy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you find shortened exercises need or can tolerate more volume versus lengthened ones? 
like I guess I would assume maybe it's biasing. Yeah, yeah like, that, like, that. like bias. I mean, it's yeah. a good question, but I don't like. I mean, maybe this is just me, Trevor. What's a shortened exercise? So uh, think about a leg curl versus a hip hinge. Yeah, I guess you know you're you're getting less uh, stress okay. in the lengthened portion of the like the long long muscle lengths. Can or, you give me one other example? Because I feel like I can, versus I can, like, any like any squat movement. Okay, fine. Yes, yes. The only issue that I have with those specific ones you just named is like, yeah, I handle less volume because I'm not loading my spine. Well, yeah, but I mean, lunges versus leg extensions. Okay, fair enough. So yes, yeah, yeah. No, in general, uh, shortened exercises you're going to be able to handle more volume because they're just less mechanically damaging. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they also sometimes, uh, I guess per per unit of volume, provide more stimulus too. Yeah. It, well, and it, it's, it's one of those things that you can kind of fall back on SFR for this because there's a time yeah, and a yeah, place. Very true. Like the, I, I could get into a whole thing I have about all this, but as an average more lengthened bias exercises are probably going to need less less volume overall because there's going to be more stimulus per rep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Shimmy, um, I don't think... Hey, what flavor is that, Trevor? Jerry Limeade. Have you tried the new Walmart flavors? Is that the Walmart one? Yeah, it's the Walmart one. Dude, they, they Wait, the what game. is it? What are, you, what are you drinking? It's like sparkling flavored sparkling water. Oh no! I'll see myself out with that conversation. Why? No, it's not like Lacroix. Oh, no, yeah, actually, good. it's sweet. It's like a soda. I, was just, I, I, I don't. No, I don't. I, I don't. I don't do that. Really? No. Did you vote yeah, Dr. Pepper in the poll, bro? Dr. Pepper is the nastiest soda. You know. Okay, good. So, Dylan, if you want to have the spiciest, and yes, this appropriate adjective, spiciest podcast of your life. Have Trevor and I on for a food debate. It will, there, there, we will. There will be no agreeing. I promise you that. Really? <laughs> I promise you that we will agree on nothing. Okay, yeah. Dr. Pepper is gross to me. No, I agree with you there. Root beer is better. Root beer is yeah. better. I like. I like them all though. I guess. I think that's our only food agreement, though. Who you and okay, I? What root beer? Yeah. What root beer? What root beer? I mean, to be honest, I'm just saying that I like root beer more than Dr. Pepper. I will. Ne- I don't drink root beer. Do you drink any? So time? I'm not. I, I'm honestly, man, like I'm not even here for like the soda conversation. I barely drink soda. You need to drink water. You're stronger than me. Pretty much. Really? I drink water. And then very Florida of me, I'll add like lime or lemon to my water because I like it. And Dude, I'll drink orange this, juice. You're going to think this is crazy. I like almost don't drink water at this point. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not like that. Everything. I, I, I yeah, no. Are you dieting or, or what? No, no, just like crystal light in my water. I used to, my mom used to make like the big jugs of it when I was a kid. And it's just like yeah. so ingrained in me. Like, so I that, mean, like, I that like that makes water, sense. But... I didn't, I didn't grow up like that. I grew up yeah. drinking a lot of water. I, I didn't sense. grow up drinking tons of soda. Like, if I'm going to drink something, it'll be like juice, like I said, like orange juice yeah. or grapefruit juice or something like that. I'll have diet sodas like at the end of a diet or something, but not because I like diet soda, just because the carbonation is a hunger curbing tactic. That's why I'm drinking it. Not because I give a shit about soda. Yeah. I just like, it's just so refreshing. Like if I'm like hot, I mean, I'm in Arizona. So like 
like just after a hot day, like just one of the big pitchers of cold, like the carbonated soda. Well, cold soda, like a, a cold Coke, uh, Coke cherry, or like just the crystal light peach. I just like I can't imagine anything more refreshing. That's just you know my. Well, crystal light peach, I'd be here for that, or like a sugar-free Snapple. Like, okay, yeah, exactly. That's like okay. my thing because it's like if I had a big thing of sweet tea. I mean, maybe if I'm massing, but yeah, I think carbonated drinks are just like not really my jam. Interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see if there's any other good ones. You guys uh, both got to get out of here soon. I'm assuming, right? I got a little time, but okay. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna tell you guys what happened. This is a funny story. So I'm with my buddy. We went to go train push, and for some reason the gym closes at 5 p.m. We trained chest and shoulders. I came to do this podcast. We still have to do triceps. The gym closed. After I finish this, we're gonna go to another gym to then go train triceps. Oh, I love <laughs> so, it. So yes. Do you have multiple gym memberships? Um, no, I don't. No. Just find a guest pass. Pretty much. I've done I've done stuff like that. I've numerous times, man. Oh, yeah, yeah like, lots of money on. You know, there's that. ways. Oh, I'm interested in joining. All my friends. Oh yeah. Oh, just use an address that's nearby. Hundred percent. Very true. I seem to get on that 24 hour gym uh, hype. Yeah. That's one thing I will never not have a 24 hour gym membership again. It is uh, life changing. It is for sure. Yeah, but do you ever train super late at night, Trevor? Uh. Not as often anymore, but I will train sometimes at like 4 a.m. Really? Oh, yeah, because that, that's how you get your first posts out at like 7 in the morning. Yeah. Bullshit. I'll be waking up at 6.45 and you'll be like, yeah, pull one. And I'll look and it was like 17 minutes ago. I was like, this guy's already done? <laughs> I just like, damn it. Like, what? I'm still on my server schedule. I'm like 12 a.m. Uh, 12 a.m. to 8. or Yeah, 12 a.m. to 8 a.m. I need to, to get to that, that entrepreneur up at four to six a.m. hype crazy okay let's answer some more questions um do, what do you think like you you are you are, would you be okay with 15 minutes I don't i'm good i'm okay, good 15 let's answer some more um are you good yeah you good okay cool um well this would probably just be trevor and myself because i don't think shimmy um this applies to him have you found different aas uh, to impact your training volume nope not for me <laughs> yeah what what does uh, the trend in, impacted your training volume jimmy no it has not good to know uh so i uh while i have been open to the fact that i am not natural i have not used much and nor do i honestly have much desire to use a whole lot yeah uh currently the only things i've used are testosterone and masculine yeah that's uh I think a, a very reason, reasonable and responsible uh, uh, other compounds to touch. Yeah, I uh, I've already promised, like my wife, I will never touch Trin. So that's something that's not even on the table for Probably me. No reason to, honestly. Yeah, really, I don't I don't want to mess with the uh, the mental side effects on that one. Yeah. Um. Let me think. I don't really think so because one, in the context that I usually use these compounds, um, it's also uh, periodized. So I'm just auto-regulating throughout that. Like every once in a while, I'll notice like once I know I'm reaching peak concentrations, uh, my performance will will go up. And I usually mm -hmm. have to kind of like kind of tame myself a little bit. Like 
sometimes I get frustrated because I'm like, oh, that was three RR last week. I thought I was sure. And then I'll be like adding five, 10 pounds. And I'm like, mm, like maybe it's the, I'm like, wait, when did I make a, a, an adjustment? And then I realize, okay, yeah, it's probably peak concentrations are occurring and I'm getting some strength in that. So I have to be cautious because that can definitely increase uh, injury risk. That, as is, well. that so, is a thing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I pay attention to that. Um, and I would just say that it's, it's just auto-regulated. So it's just like, it, when I, I usually make these on a, on a mesocycle to mesocycle uh, adjustment basis. So I'll like, look at my performance. I'll look at what happened to my physique and then I'll be like, okay, maybe it's time to implement something else or, or increase. Um, and it just kind of has a natural occurrence. So maybe, maybe I don't see as much of that shift, um, in the volume landmarks per se, but even then it's, it's still just auto-regulated. It's, it's not yeah. like. And it's not going to be insane. I mean, maybe, but like, I think that's also to do with my training age too. I think it's just like, it's not like I'm, I'm going from like doing, you know, if I have an MRV on a muscle group of 15 sets, I go to like be able to do 35, you know, it's going to be like a few sets maybe. Um, and you go to 18. And, and you get, and you get more, more stimulus um, as well. Yeah. So it's like, sometimes you actually need similar amounts. Um, well, and like, I not wanting to get on this topic too much, but if you're using any kind of anabolics at all, the I like you should have a plan and you shouldn't be swapping out different compounds and having huge different wild effects. Yeah. 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 You know? It's pretty it's pretty normalized. Like it's like if it is an increase, maybe it's 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 something I can detect. It's not yeah, like this you crazy. Know, yeah, you're gonna see an increase in strength and you know, uh if you talk to, you know, enhanced guys that are honest about it, most of them will be like, you know, hey, you know, I'm not adding as much load as I could. I'm letting reps go up because there is an injury risk. We've all seen the guys, you know, oh, crap, I put they put 80 pounds on their bench press in a month. How did that happen? Uh, we all know how that yeah. happened. And they'll go from, but the thing is, is they also go from like zero to 100. They'll be like, yeah, HRT like, that's not like how you dosage. use it smart. Yeah. And so if you're using these things smart and in a planned model, you shouldn't be seeing wild fluctuations. Yeah, yeah most definitely. I agree. Um, let's see. And if you do that stuff, hire these guys for coaching. <laughs> hey, I'll do it for them. Cool. <laughs> All right. um, uh, let's get, let's attack this one real quick. If you're in a phase where you're training legs one time a week, how much is too much? I think first and foremost, we wouldn't recommend training legs one time a week. I mean, if this is something that's like potentially limited by your schedule, even then though, if you're even training like two, three, four, I would probably say your legs should be trained more frequently. Um, I have some thoughts on this. Shimmy, you have anything? I think I would probably, how much is too much? Well, you know, we have the recommendation of anywhere from three to 12 sets per yeah, yeah. Uh, workout per session uh, for a body part. So if you're only training legs once a week, then to me, the top end would be that. It would be, if you can handle it, around 10 to 12 sets for that body part in the session. And that's what you got. <laughs> that's what I would say. Yeah. So I'm going to say if you're not either you're not freakishly strong or most people aren't. So if you're doing anything other than maintaining and putting your legs on the back burner, you shouldn't be training them once a week. Yeah, I agree. 
So I, I definitely, I definitely agree with Trevor, but I don't want to like, I don't want to value judge them. If you're like, what's the most that I can do? I'm not going to sit here and be like, well, you shouldn't be doing it. Like if you're doing it and you're going to do it, then sense. this is what I think is the most that you're going to be able to do. Yeah. I, I don't agree that's, with you doing it, but like, they're not asking us permission. Like, should I do it or not? They're like, no, I'm doing it. How much should I do if I'm doing it? Okay. Maybe you can do it. Well, it's hypothetical though too, Fair. you know? Um, huh? He says, if you are, uh, maybe he's asking for himself, but. It could, it could be like hypothetically, like yeah. what if I train legs once a week? I don't know. I think it's important to throw that caveat out there. Like, hey, maybe there is a benefit to doing more uh, potentially. Yeah. So, again, I think that if you're maintaining them, you know, probably three to five sets a week is all you probably need for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, actual maintenance volumes. It is wait, possible. wait, three to five sets for for quads and hamstrings. Yeah, each like separate. Each, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what this question is. Maybe you guys would understand MAV and MRV for each body part in your experience. The I I don't know I, what I'm thinking is he's saying skipping MEV, but I'm not sure. I think he's I around. around I think it's fair, like around 15 sets on average. Oh, yeah, yeah. Around. Okay. Yeah, isn't it like, yeah, like, well, I guess uh, the RP, they were saying like 4 to 12, because your MAV would be, no, wait, here, Trevor, you, you go, and then let me let me think that out. Repeat the question again. Uh, MAV and MRV. So I think maybe he's asking what they are for each body part. He said MAV and MRV for each body part in your experience. Okay, yeah. So MAV is not a static number. Well, yeah. neither is MRV. And then, but MRV. MAV is Those going to change more frequently, and it's a range. Yeah. yeah. MRV is generally somewhere between 10 and 20 sets. MEV is that that's that place in between – or MAV is that place in between MEV and MRV. That's why I said 10 and 20 sets. Like, he's giving you a gunshot question, so you're getting a gunshot answer. Yeah, like MAV or MRV, great. Fifteen sets. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Clever. Um, well, you already answered this one. What was the lowest effective uh, volume? Lowest volume you've seen effective for body part in a single session, Trevor? You've seen one set. Yeah, yeah. I would say probably two. I don't know if I've seen one. I've definitely seen two. Yeah, I've seen two. Yeah, sure. Zach is dumb. I tell him all the time. <laughs> There's something wrong with that guy. <laughs> Get him checked out. Me muscle biopsy. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Is training is training volume measured in liters? Was a question on here. Yes. Yes. I don't know why you'd assume it's in the metric system. <laughs> We're in America. Freedom <laughs> units. <laughs> Freedom units, yeah. What was that like? Uh, did you see that meme where it's like Americans will use everything except for the metric system? And it's like, if <laughs> I can't remember what the measurement was. Let's see. David has a bunch more, so let's just see <laughs> what these. Hey, more club questions, right? Amazing. Uh, 
She said you... best volume for glutes to have a fatty. Um, well, I'm sorry. So she said best volume for glutes to get a fatty. Yep. I mean, I think the answer would be really just kind of uh, starting from the bottom. Yeah. What, now we're here. What do you, yeah. What do you guys often see? Cause there is some, I mean, I know again, obviously we're going to say auto-regulation and well, yeah. yada, yada, but like uh, with glutes, because they, you know, sometimes are, they're overlapping with some of the hamstring and some of the quad work. Um, it, how do you, how do you like to um, maybe allocate that or, or even track that? Trevor, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I find that I have to start really low because a lot of glute exercises have a very big technical component. And also, of course, as we know, a very big axial loading component. So if you're doing a glute program, chances are, right, deficit deadlift of some kind, squat, high bar, pause, sometimes sumo stance of some kind. Maybe there's a lunge or split squat, like all of those, as lame as the sounds, have like a decent technical component if you're not athletic. So like that takes time to learn. Getting strong on those obviously takes time. And then I'll pepper in like an abduction machine, a kickback, because that stuff is just like objectively not that hard. So like I'll yeah. put probably starting maybe two sets of those if I'm going to start with one of those movements with like a pause at the top so you can feel what that squeeze in the glute feels like and like be happy that you're getting that like influencer box checked off yeah, and it's right. like not that bad, you know, because if you just like, sure, if you just bury someone with variations of deadlifts, lunges and squats, like nobody wants that. Nobody yeah. likes that. You you're need just, something just, that's not that hard. Yeah. Yeah. So. I agree with Shimmy the way if I'm well, I have a client right now who starting her program off, it's like two sets of uh, hip hinges from a stiff legged deadlift one day, another day is two sets of lunges, and the other day has one set of hip thrust and two sets of uh, abduction, abduction a week. And go. that's how we start. And a big thing that I, I, I see this at the gym, I see this dear God on Instagram all the damn time. If you want to grow your glutes, don't do nothing but damn kickbacks and hip thrusts. Yeah. Like do your hip hinges, do your deadlifts, do your squats, do your lunges. That's going to be what the majority of your program is going to be. Wait, wait, Trevor, glutes, Trevor, what, about, are gonna do. What, what about banded? uh abductions and adductions and frog jumps you didn't mention those. yeah you can just throw that away <laughs> <laughs> but what about glute activation oh this is a rant i don't need to get on right now <laughs> yeah you definitely don't because we've all heard glute activation rants respect yeah. you, you don't need to we know yeah. but i'll i'll say i think that a lot of people um albeit wrongfully preach high volume training on glutes I'm going to be honest. I don't know about you guys. I've not seen it. Frequency can might be a little, a little bit higher, but, you know, especially when you start to get stronger, like if a girl is, let's say, deficit sumo deadlifting, you know, even something reasonable, like 145 pounds for like sets of seven to 10 clean, right? Like three second eccentric pause at the bottom. I, I've not seen like 20 sets in a week of glute training. No. The yep. only the only time I see that is for people who have twenty sets of band work or like cable kickbacks yeah. I, and say, "Oh, I'm doing a glute specialized program." I have some wellness competitors and and some enhanced even, and I I think 
maybe max 15 because it's just like they have so much like they don't they don't even want to grow their upper body so it's just like any i'm allocating as much volume to their lower as much as they can and even then it's probably even the max that ended that i've hit with with glutes for example yeah and also i'll say and trevor i'm curious if you've seen this specifically in that client that you named or other that you programmed for on your quote-unquote lighter days when you're doing a kickback and an abduction properly with that pause at the top for a real killer contraction in that moderate to higher rep range close to failure even that is like not that easy it's no, not you know, you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. it's three to five sets versus two to four dude sets. I had... and after that fifth set like let's say you're 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 using the 10 to 20 rep range like you might start at 20 by that fourth set dude you're at like 11 reps like you're dying it's not yeah. easy yeah I had, a, I had a client who's like i want to do kickbacks and i was like okay and this is just like you know someone who's you know i would say more on the beginner level so i was like okay like let's do let's i'm gonna do kickbacks and i'm gonna superset it with like a, a, a compound like a squat and she was like, after like one set, just destroyed of like really good kickbacks and then some sumo squats with body weight. That was enough. I was just like, just killed her. Yeah. So, do you guys I, have any uh, like girl influencers that work out at your gyms? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. God yes. Okay. Okay. So then maybe have you guys ever been in a situation where you're doing well, Trevor? No, I know you don't because I don't think you train glutes. Still, I'm not sure if you do either, but I do. Whatever. My glutes need to get these gains. Okay. So I've worked in with like these girls in like an abduction machine with my technique versus theirs and they're always like i can tell they're like low-key stymied when they see the way i do it because it is so different it's completely different they do the like little like pulsing pump thing and they're off the machine because they obviously can't sit on the machine they straddle it right with their hands in the attachment in front um very far away from failure with a band around their legs with a very fluorescent colored matching outfit that they obviously didn't plan because they woke up like that. And um, yeah, it's just like, it's, it's, it's so different. It's so yeah. different. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I've, I've definitely been like leg pressing next to people or even working in with different people. And sometimes it's just like, they almost seem like oblivious. Like the fact that like, I, I'm never going to be like this guy where I'm like, yeah, I'm just bigger than you. But like, I'm like, okay, like I'm definitely more muscular than this person i definitely have bigger legs and they're putting on like like four or five more plates than i am like did the, i just wonder if it occurs to them at all in that process that like oh hey. you've never you've never seen someone at like the corner of your eye give themselves or their their personal trainer when you're doing something like a look i guess oh, dude i live I for that so. look. i have some oh, I, I live yeah, for that I, look yeah, i feel I like you, dude you know that baby meme where the baby meme is like this like that's me in my head <laughs> like mid set, like I was leg pressing last uh, two weeks ago, whatever it was super deep pause, close to failure and whatever. And there was another person doing a leg press with their trainer and I could see it in my peripheral. Uh -huh. Like they looked at me doing, and they looked at their trainer like, what? And I was like, yeah. Hey, why are we doing yeah. it like this? Yeah. Go question your whole life. I'm under tension. Do it. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll let you guys get out of here. Thank you for all the time. <laughs> Oh, uh, that was great. We should uh, we should do some more questions like this. Yeah, it was yes. fun. Do this again. Often. Yes. Unfortunately, now Trevor, you know that I'm going to be coming on. So the surprise element's gone. I mean, disguises. We talked about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every every time we do this, I'll just come in a different disguise and different accent. Halloween's coming up. Nobody even even think it would be weird. It's amazing, Trevor. Are you going to be Joe Exotic for Halloween or no? No, God no. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay. Are you are you guys dressing up for Halloween? Probably not. Doubtfully, uh, no. I don't think so. Are you? My, my girlfriend wants to go to something in this downtown area, but I maybe I'll just be whatever she wants me to be. I guess. Well, cool. I have all, all of my jujitsu rash guards are anime related, so I just put one of those on and say it's there my costume. Know. I'll just be a spider because I'm her pet. There we go. <laughs> all right, I'll let you guys get out of here. Later, guys. Dylan, when is this? Uh, when is this going to be up? Um, I probably shouldn't put it up on Tuesday. It's when I put up podcasts. So, word. Cool. cool. Thanks again, guys. All right, fellas.